0: Hey guys, welcome to Content Candy's new, new show. It's kind of an old show. It's uh, Cinema Bias with myself, Video Drew, and Alex Mac. Please enjoy. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, what have you. Like and rate and leave a review. That's like a thing you can do on podcasts. And make sure to also check out patreon.com backslash video to find out ways that you can support this channel, which is growing. Okay. End of thing. <laughs> I didn't mean die. I didn't mean I didn't mean your cat to die. I just meant like the regular kind of, you know, hi guys. <laughs>
1: hi <laughs> <Bye, bye>, guys
0: <laughs> welcome to another episode of cinema bias i am one of your hosts of uh, video drew drew grant and with me as always my lovely beautiful and uh, cat owning co-host uh alex Mack. what's up alex cat mama right here
1: that's it
0: cat, cat mama. mama cat mama is a great phrase you know what isn't cat daddy i had a friend who wrote a whole piece about how he's a cat daddy for new york magazine i was like that's disgusting like that makes you sound creepy I, I, yeah, yeah like
1: daddy. the word daddy has been manipulated into being like this kind of a sexual thing
0: yeah and like
1: like yeah. i've heard i've heard teens call their boyfriends daddy and i'm like Whoa. yeah
0: yeah i know i've heard a lot of things <laughs> like that but like that's why you know there's there's certain people who daddy applies to like in a hot way and then there's the zaddy phenomenon which is like hot daddy exactly. who aren't daddy who aren't dads you know like when you mm-hmm. get to be there are Witt, some very attractive fathers out there and non-fathers uh anyway, fathers guys mm-hmm. welcome to cinema bias a show where we just talk about hot man meat uh so guys uh our streamlabs are open tonight streamlabs.com backslash video drew i see our producer Sean in the background just rolling his hands his head in his hands uh we have a very special guest joining us tonight but first, Alex, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what the show is? What, what is
1: Cinema Bias? Guys, what is Cinema Bias? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, okay? Cinema Bias is a show where Drew and I watch movies one of us hasn't seen and one of us has where we introduce movies to each other and check out movies that are kind of outside our comfort zone, movies that challenge us. And as a result, we're trying to – check out new movies outside of outside of our favorite genres or favorite directors because let's face it everyone has movie biases whether we think about it or not whether we have a favorite movie genre a favorite director an actor or and sometimes like you know if you're like me sometimes you might altogether avoid a category of films and so Mm -hmm. thankfully shows like this it's really all about breaking down those biases and making yourself that, watch movies that, that, that you don't wanna watch. Yeah. That's not good, because uh, those biases aren't good. You can't be a true movie fan and have these biases, right?
0: I've now watched Stoodly, Studio Ghibli and I watched Lawrence of Olivia, or Lawrence of Arabia today. I didn't wanna do that, I just <gasps> did it. I did it for you, you guys.
1: Lawrence, you watched Lawrence of, of, of Arabia?
0: And by you guys, I mean, I did it because I wanted to understand the reference in Prometheus. But yes, let's just say for you guys, I did watch Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> okay. Guys, so that's, yeah, that's a great explanation of cinema bias. I would say, yeah, my bias, my, uh, my outlook has changed a lot since we started this podcast almost a year ago. But, um, this is a movie we picked tonight. We try to do like cycle it off. It's like me, my pick Alex's pick. Then we try to have a Patreon pick, which by the way guys, if you go to patreon.com backslash video drew, we have some new tiers set up and anyone within, uh, I think the $10 tier. We've lived, like, we've moved everything around, so now you can, for the $10 tier, uh, I think, get a Cinema Bias episode where you come on and talk to us and pick a movie. Then we always try to do one with like a special guest who picks a movie for us to watch. Uh, and this week, we're very excited to have uh, uh, my, my current manager uh, from the dungeon, uh, Kaiser, joining us. Hey, Kaiser.
2: Whoa. You got some <laughs> bad lighting. Me, (laughs) me, not you. This is as good as it's gonna get. get. Okay, I give this movie one, two, three. Uh Oh, four toothpicks.
0: Wow, is that the standard? Are we doing four toothpicks? toothpicks. Because I feel a lot less cool right now.
2: Can't get any better than four toothpicks. Running Scared is four toothpicks on the Kaiser Meat on the Kaiser Meter.
0: This is very on cinema of you, Kaiser. By uh, by the way, Kaiser. Hi, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, excited about life. Yeah, that sounds like a thing that everyone should be right now. Excited about life. You've gotta you gotta be like excited my red, about like life. my red room, my black lodge I have going on here. It's I mean, intense. I
2: mean, it's it's like a full on fucking red room.
0: Uh, Kaiser, I've got to send, get your address because I have a bunch of Twin Peaks posters and pins and cool shit that I just bought on this Chinese drop site, and I've to have like a thousand Twin Peaks things now that I just have nothing to do with. So some of <laughs> your ideas very on brand.
2: What does Chinese drop site mean?
0: Okay, so drop sites are like sites like Wish or AliExpress where they don't actually have the goods at like some warehouse somewhere, but they get your order in and then they buy from like a third party. So the drop site is just like the site where you get this stuff for cheap, but then it like goes and gets it from a like some other place.
2: I got. So I'll, I'll move some shit around. I'll put up a Twin Peaks. You can't see my. It's all dark back there, but I got the Warriors, the Japanese
0: version. Oh, I'm going to send you poster ever. Well, Anyone
2: who knows me and Drew's managerial ship, friendship, relationship, we're both two of the biggest diehard Twin Peaks fans on the planet. I'd say Drew is the biggest Twin Peaks fan. I, I think I cracked the top ten because I've yeah. often said that Twin Peaks is my favorite anything, movie, television, anything. But yeah. – We're here to talk about a movie that I recommended.
0: Thanks for getting us back on track.
2: I recommended this movie because if anyone knows me, my entire life is an 80s buddy comedy. Everything I've ever done in my life has been handled this way.
1: Well, it's kind of funny you say that because I actually, I was talking about this movie with some people in C2A and the cold action podcast crew. And we were talking and I mentioned, okay, this week we're gonna be talking about running scared. And several of them said, like, oh my gosh, that is the perfect Kaiser movie. <laughs> and I was like, is it? Because <laughs> I at that point I had not seen it. It's and now after perfect, watching it
2: perfect 80s buddy comedy.
1: It's right? definitely in the conversation for sure. Is it the buddy comedy of all time? I'm not no, entirely no, no, sure. No, no, but no, no, no.
2: 48 Hours is the greatest buddy cop movie <laughs> of all time. This movie feels like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid if they lived in Chicago, uh, in Chicago during the Reagan administration. That's what this movie is.
0: Yeah, I was very confused for a while. I was like, does this take place in, in Giuliani's New York until I realized it was Chicago? Because like, oh, this Chicago, is very Chicago. like Giuliani mm-hmm. New York behavior. Uh, yeah.
2: this, listen, I think in the 80s, 87% of all buddy cop movies were shot in Chicago. You could probably call AFI, have them crunch the numbers. They're probably actually
0: shot there, yeah. Yeah, like,
2: I'd say 87% of every buddy cop movie it was probably a mandate you had to you had to shoot there let' yeah, well, like
0: New York you couldn't shoot in but I was a lot of movies should take, like take place in New York they just don't shoot there
2: well look you or, got Billy Crystals running around with a tucked in Chicago Blackhawks jersey that's about the most 80 80 thing I've seen in this movie other than Gregory Hines wearing the half top or the crop top the half shirt when he's down in Key mm-hmm. West when they're thinking about the, buying a bar.
0: There's That's a there's a, a lot there's
2: a biggest lot there. '80s wardrobe choice other than tucking in the Blackhawks jersey. The uh, half shirt uh, is the I would, next I, I, biggest piece. Do
1: you know, remember the white pants and like the flamingo shirt States. situation? I will say the that there's a part of this movie that
0: it was so Chicago that I was like, wait, did John Hughes write this? Like it was like yeah, so right. Chicago that I was like, is this maybe like in the Uncle Buck universe, like extended universe? Like I can't tell. It just right. seems. Uh,
2: but well, mean, so-
1: I think- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Well, I did want to kind of ask specifically, what's your bias? Why did you make us watch this movie, Kaiser?
2: I'm gonna tell you straight up when Drew said it's gotta move it's gotta be um a movie we haven't seen. And my knee-jerk reaction was, have you seen Running Scared? And she said no. And I said, Well then that's the movie. It was it literally it was like a matter of it was like the Big Bang, right? It happened in a fraction of a second, and here we are.
0: Yeah, that's true. He he didn't hesitate to say which movie haven't you seen? Uh instead of, and, and he just knew somehow that we have not seen Running Scared. Now, why why do you think that is? What do you assume our bias is, Kaiser?
2: I mean it's a very dad dude movie. <laughs> like you gotta be usually if you're watching this movie, you're one of two things, a dad or a dude. And like you guys You guys can hang with dudes. I mean, you're dudettes. So I feel like that's why you both would enjoy this film. Drew, I figured you would appreciate a lot of the writing because there's some fantastic one-liners. It's very unique. It's got its own sort of language that is fun, and it, it still manages to find originality in a genre that can be a little saturated. You know, Alex, you're a little younger, but, I mean, I know that you, I think, you know, I don't think this would be your kind of movie off the jump. Like it was on TBS, you'd probably flip it. But then maybe though after 15 minutes, you got hooked by, you know, Billy Crystal's Charm to to you. and you know, Gregory Hines looks like a freaking cut. Con- it's like, you forget that Gregory Hines is a dancer. He's not even an actor. Oh uh,
0: No, wait, I didn't forget that. I was just like, wait, Gregory Hines, the dancer. I still yeah. think of him as Gregory Hines, the dancer. Yeah, so- yeah.
2: wasn't he in Cotton Club as well?
0: He was in a bunch of stuff. He's kind of like Ben Vereen. Like he just wasn't a lot of stuff. Uh, Nerd way doper, way Green.
2: doper than Ben Vereen.
0: I, I love Ben Vereen. Uh, Gary Heinlews looks just like the dude from Ghost, uh, the, who like helps him like in the subway. The other ghost, what's that actor's name? Uh, he's like that really tall dude. He looks just like uh, Vincent Shavali. Do you guys mm. remember that guy? That really tall, weird looking dude? Anyway. Well, anyway, guys, we're on. We, we want to talk though uh, about maybe why Alex and I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah,
2: Alex said she was going to devastate me with her comeback on my my perception of how she was going to view this film.
1: Well, yeah. Well, well Alex, well, what was your bias? Well, my bias was one, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> so, right. Um, I there's a lot of movies, in particular from the '80s, that my dad, my parents. My mom wasn't really big into movies all that much outside of the occasional crime movie because we had a lot of mother-daughter movies included Silence of the Lambs, American Psycho. That was a big mother-daughter movie.
2: Um, American Psycho was a big mother-daughter movie.
1: She's got some weird kids in her life,
0: man. I
2: I, I, I think that's a good move. I'd be like, darling, these people exist in the world, and you should mm -hmm. take karate so that if a guy comes at you with an axe playing Huey Lewis, you know how to handle yourself.
1: Well, the reason is because when I was oh, wow. in late grade school and middle school, I was actually part of my mom's book club. And that included reading the Hannibal Lecter series. And they Aww. also read and this is like when my mom was also in med school. So uh, she we also read American Psycho. I was in sixth grade when I read American Psycho, not really fully that's understanding the really total. That's a really fucked up book. American Psycho right. is a really there's there's violent
0: and obscene that's it's upsetting.
1: Yeah, I, I still I read it. Um I and I, I still love the book. I didn't fully understand the book. Um, um you but, like the part yeah.
0: where, where Patrick Bateman dissolves a woman's nether regions with acid yeah, 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 and shows up on yeah. a hamster wheel Good inside Lord, of her yeah. and
1: releases live rodents because that's not cool. <laughs> that was a really no, fucked I'm, up. I'm, part I'm of aware it's i I'm aware it is. It, it was just my when we talked about it in the when I was younger. I feel like was, I, I don't want this to take over the whole episode. No, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we, you know, obviously, oh, yeah. it was just more about the the feminine, the feminist acts, aspects of the books, and also really? the and how the movie is in, in many ways a very feminist film. Too. Yeah. And uh, that a lot of people really did not. Do not realize it, or did not realize at the time upon initial viewing, because a lot of people say it's still a very anti-feminist film. Well, those, mm. um, mm-hmm. but again, right. a very a conversation for another day. Uh, but now, what did tattoo. you think about?
2: So overall, what? How many toothpicks did you give it?
1: Well, we're gonna get to that. Um, right. We want to. I, show I, I would probably give
2: it a body. solid two
1: and a half, three toothpicks personally. Two and my and half, golly. Three,
2: toothpicks. Oh my! How many toothpicks? Four.
1: For going two and a half, I I think. Yeah, two and a half, three toothpicks. It's definitely either
2: two and a half or three. Okay, so let's give it three. All right, we'll give
1: it three. We'll give it three.
2: I got you. Also,
1: Billy Crystal is so fucking hot in this movie. It is. He's got a weird high. Goddamn good in this movie, isn't he? (laughs) Everybody Billy Crystal. he's riding around (laughs) on a scooter (laughs) without his shirt, West. I've, I've never been, been attracted,
2: attracted to... to Billy Crystal before, ever. And suddenly, I was like, "Oh!" As a cop, I was
1: attracted right? to Joey Pantalone
0: in this movie—that <laughs> weird, what guy from The Matrix. Oh, and I jo- Joey, Pants. Joey Pants oh was
2: God. so he hot. stole this movie. the entire first act. So good. So this good. This cast oh is God. incredible. If you break it down, you got all of it. Five foot two, Billy Crystal, just walking off the stage at some stand-up fucking joint. He got mm-hmm. he got famous on that TV show, Soap. And, so, here he, and here yeah, he is playing a, uh, an, an, a borderline action hero, and then you got Gregory Hines, a, a professional dancer. It is the most untypical macho like dudes like of this era. You normally like they're the anti-Arnolds. Yeah. This isn't Cobra. Yeah. This isn't Raw Deal. This is just mm-hmm. like to me, this is where you know why what makes a, a good buddy cop movie work when they don't look like they were shooting steroids into each other's ass before the movie, like. There was something really like believable about these guys playing these parts, and right. I'm telling you, the dialogue flies off the fucking page. Whoever wrote this screenplay.
0: Well, I think there's something interesting too to be said there about like there's there's the two other cops they have in there, the two cops that are kind of replacing them. Kind of my look buddy like- Steven right.
2: Bauer. That's my buddy yeah, yeah. Steven Bauer who played um, Manny in Scarface. Yeah, That's yeah. I'm- fucking crash on my couch.
0: And the other dude. Oh, really? That's really yeah, funny. Dude. The other dude He's is Uncle Rico.
2: Mine, dude, I'm telling you, the first time we met it didn't go so well, we had words. Cause he tried hitting on my girl at this fucking after-hours karaoke bar. You the,
0: got the, the long I, hair?
2: Yeah, the guy the long, he played Manny in Scarface. I said, if you touch her again, I'm gonna break your fucking arm. I don't care if you were in Scarface. Oh my God. But then he ended up crashing at my place and we became buddies. I went to his, you know, 50th, 60th, one of his birthdays. Oh my party. God. But anyway, Stephen Bauer I love. He's a phenomenal actor. He plays, you know, you got uh, Jimmy Smits is the heavy. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Smits playing uh, Julio is or his, or money.
0: Or as Nerd Chronic goes, oh, is that blah, blah, blah from Star Wars? And I was like, I don't know who blah, blah, yeah, blah Yeah, the guy Star Wars. And I was like, Princess oh, yeah, Jimmy Smits is in Star Wars, you nerd. the
2: guy who hid Princess Leia from Darth Maul or whatever.
0: I, I don't remember him being in Star Wars, but that's because I'm not a nerd. Uh, you got
2: Nick Tortelli, Carla's <laughs> husband from Cheers. What's his name? The oh, disgruntled got- police chief.
0: Oh, Dan uh, Hidea. Dan Hedaya, hmm. Dan Hedaya <laughs> that is,
2: the is the fucking me. best. Dan Hedaya every,
0: Hedaya.
2: <laughs> this is this guy at the top of his form in a movie like this.
0: I think that and Joe versus Volcano is Dan Hidea oh, at his. Joe mom. versus
2: the Volcano. We should do that movie. That's. I remember going to the movies. Me and my buddy brought two girls to the movie. They walked out. We were like, "Fuck, we're gonna stay and watch this." I remember seeing that as a kid and thinking that was the coolest movie, and everybody hated it. But I look, love that.
0: But um. Well, real quick, let me just go to get to my bias. Uh, well, and how many toothpicks I give it, I guess. And then we're, me and and then me and Alex are going to try to give it a quick summary of what All this right. movie is, about, and then we'll get more to it. Um, right, my my bias is that like it's weird that I didn't see this movie. This does seem like a movie that would have caught like my eye. Like I don't know exactly what year it came out, but I saw most the of fact these. That
2: Peggy just said a brain cloud. I'm drafting her just on that. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. She I was going uh, jumpers the volcano reference.
0: I mean, <laughs> the brain caught, yeah, exactly. I love Joe versus She I fucking knows that. I told you I was a liberty gibbet. I love Meg
2: a Ryan. Oh my God, Drew.
0: So uh, I don't know why I missed it, but like it's not, uh, it, it seems like my kind of movie. Uh, as Alex wrote today, she was like, I can't believe an R rated movie was funny. And I was like, that's. I was like kidding.
1: Most- oh, you're I kidding. R rated movies can be funny.
0: I feel like those are the most know. funny movies, though. So I was allowed to watch for a lot of watcher of a lot of really messed the up most movies. Funny movies.
2: And The word fuck is automatically funnier than any movie that can't use the word fuck.
0: Absolutely. Come so on. I, I watched a lot of these movies when I was a kid. This one, like just totally passed me by. I think it's one of those movies, though, that it, like slips into a crack of like 80 movies that like, you're right. Buddy cop movies aren't exactly my cup of tea. Uh, I like some of them. But like, they're, as we'll talk about, I'm sure later, like, you know, cop movies are not. You know, buddy cop movies right now have like a weird kind of connotation when you watch it with today's glaze. And <laughs> you know, I would actually give this movie—I'm so sorry—I would give this movie like, like one and a half, two toothpicks.
1: No disrespect.
2: There is, is a bulletproof track, taxi in this movie.
1: A I know. Bulletproof
2: taxi that has a car chase on it's, fucking train tracks. It's that not alone that it's could so be two funny. toothpicks.
0: It's not that it's not funny. It's the, it's there's, there's the stuff about pacing and there's stuff about like other stuff right. in there that I just found it a right. little weird, but like, you know what? Let's get into our next segment before we, we, we go into this movie any further, because I'm sure we're going to have.
2: Soundtrack. Nobody, but this, Michael McDonald is in this, is on the soundtrack.
1: I mean, this is a good I, soundtrack. Well, real quickly, I do want to point out uh, the writer of the movie has, uh, there's actually two writers yeah. Uh, credited writers. One of them is Gary Devore, and you might recognize him for uh, doing some stuff. Um, he did like Raw Deal. Oh wow! Okay. Um, he, um, he did a few other like TV shows, stuff like that. Jimmy Houston. He was probably also did a few Tall
2: Guy episodes. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. So uh,
2: maybe TJ Hooker. Dogs
1: of War. Black, no, I'm no, back Roads. Not
2: entirely sure.
1: The Relic Sudden Death. He was actually oh, uncredited. Uh, he was credited oh, wow. for being involved in Time Cop. Okay.
2: Oh yeah. Well, the direct, that's the mm-hmm. director, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was one of the, his name one again? Of the screenwriters.
2: Who was the director? The other one name? he
1: did mostly a handful of TV movies. Jimmy Houston, he did Final Exam. He did the
2: Warfret, I'm not sure what, Dark Sunday. The Warfret, huh? That sounds good. Like is a
1: vampire. vampire. Peter, Peter Hyams. Dark
0: Sunday.
2: Peter what Himes. now?
0: Peter Hyams is the director. Himes, Same right.
2: And he did direct Time Cop, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and he yeah. did like uh, Capricorn One, and uh, Sudden Death, yeah, he, did, he, did, he did Time Cop. He did, two, uh, he did the sequel to 2001 <laughs> Space Odyssey. Uh,
2: Yeah, trippy, trippy, man. Crazy. Listen, the buddy cop genre is is sacred, Mm -hmm. okay? And and I got to say, 48 Hours is the best. But not that this movie is a buddy cop movie, but it's similar in that it's buddy crime, buddy on the run.
0: Absolutely is a buddy cop movie. No, 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 a
2: different one I'm about to cite, Silver Streak. I think that's when these kinds of buddy movies... Uh, Open up big is with it with like Silver Streak. I think came out in 76. That's Gene Wilder and that's Richard Pryor Now those guys aren't your typical like, you know guys you you would normally watch on the run in a movie at -hmm. that time It was probably like Charles Bronson and Steve McQueen Yeah, Lee Marvin or some shit was on the run or being chased or chasing someone a thriller if you will a buddy thriller then comes Gene Wilder and fucking Richard Pryor, who might as well have been a rock star at that point in time. Like Richard Pryor becomes one of the most bankable actors in Hollywood in the 70s. Gene Wilder's on top of his game, and they make this buddy movie. I think because of that movie, you start to see this like surge of these types of films in the 80s with 48 Hours, Midnight Run, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and I, to me, I think they are such dude movies. That, tango and, that cash. tango and cash exactly like these and 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 I think what I love about especially good ones is it's the screenplay they're well written I mean dialogue is flying off the page in this let me just go give give you a couple one liners <laughs> in this neighborhood a Mercedes is probable cause that's a yep. great fucking line right. Mm-hmm. My favorite yeah. is when he when he, when the guy has jumped off the building. There's an apparent suicide, and Billy Billy Crystal shows up on set. He sees the traffic cop. We can't stand. He says, "Oh, my favorite traffic cop. Did you give the ju- the jumper a ticket for loitering yet?" Yeah. I mean, come on. Those it's lines. A good are line. It's a good line. Incredible, and it's that you know. And for me, screen you know script is everything. So yeah when when these guys are just making these lines count and they're whipping through it, it, to me, just makes for a richer film, you know, other than just guys getting punched in the face for two hours.
0: It, I, it definitely yeah. had some great one-liners. It really, mm. like, it really, like, it, and I want to get to the, to, to, to me and Alex are sort of describing the plot for you, John, and you'd have to tell us how good we did in a span of 60 seconds, so I want to mm. get to that before we start diving into this more, but there is, there is a lot of things here. I think some of my issue with this film, we can talk about later, is just sort of, like, that subject seems a lot darker than the dialogue or like what they're doing seems so much darker <laughs> than like what that's they're t- like doing right, right, so like right. they're being silly and stuff. And I'm like, but they're that's like actively fair. shooting and killing
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the thing for this movie. True, that's, a valid true, true. Just, that's a valid point. It, the thing is, it's it is a, it is played off like a like a like a cr- like a really dark crime comedy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is re- I mean that's really great. The At the same time, it's I really do, I wonder how much of it is because of the lines uh the really really great funny script, or mm. how much of it is actually because of the delivery with these actors like it could yeah. this th- would this movie have the same tone if it was literally anyone else other than gregory hines and billy crystal like right. I, That's don't a great I don't know in these roles together and they just bounce off each other so well
0: I definitely had some thoughts about that and like let's 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 do that after we put some of the timer on the clock, Sean. Because I definitely had some thoughts about who else could have been in this movie and what this would have looked like.
1: Um oh. so we're gonna
0: put say, six seconds on the clock. So Alex, you wanna take this one? Sixty seconds on the clock to describe the plot of this movie? Cool. See if you can cool. do it. Let's
1: do it. All right, let's, let's
0: yeah, try okay. it. Let's try it. And then All right. you have to
1: we have to tell her uh how well she did. All right. I'm not gonna go into the actors' specific names because I don't remember. I just I'll give you actors. Okay. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, go. All right, so um, Hines, uh, yeah, it's like Gregory Hines, aka I think he's Ray and Billy Crystal. They're these uh, these two detectives based in somewhere in Chicago. They're known for being kind of these asshole cops, dude. They have unorthodox methods in order to get evidence and like kind of manipulate suspects and order everything in order to kind of get there to get to their ending, right? Okay, so they just were casually hanging out somewhere or, or trying to. I don't know what they were doing exactly, but they um ends up like casually running into a drug dealer that was in the area. His name is Julio, played by the it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. Is he gorgeous? Absolutely. But it uh, ends up being there's like being a huge money being transferred. They end up uh, being taken over, they end up going over to Key West. <laughs> I completely lost it. I just got caught up. I don't know. I'm not <laughs>
0: QS is in there. Okay,
1: okay. I let, didn't get to say let me anything about the plot.
0: give me the 16 seconds. I'm gonna try to do it. I'm gonna try to see okay. if I can pick up. Where I left off. I'm gonna stop. Pick
1: up where, yeah, pick up where I left off. Okay, which is outside, like the okay. opening scene.
2: I mean, you were on <laughs> okay, a roll. You were on a roll.
1: You were on a roll. No, no, wrong wrong, with you were on I a roll. Okay,
0: let's get, let's get it up, Sean. Let me see if I can do it. Because I feel like I, I got a good handle on this. Maybe until like the last act. Right, you got it. Hold on, Sean's putting up the timer
2: You got timer hung up again. by Jimmy Smith for about 15 seconds. He's just too so long.
1: attractive, <laughs> so hot. He is so, so freaking hot. hot this, I like this entire
2: cast, was. top to bottom, is elite for an 80s yeah. cop comedy. Sean, do, we,
1: do you have the timer again, Sean? Are you it, was, it was distracting how attractive he was. I was hey, like, man,
2: oh. the drug dealers in Chicago must be good looking. I mean. Hmm.
1: Okay,
0: so hold on. Let me put it on my let me put on my phone then. I'll give myself sixty seconds and I'll see if I can do it. Uh I can think of a few me.
2: cities where the drug dealers probably aren't so good looking.
0: Okay. Let's see. I Wolverine, got a phone.
2: Washington.
0: Oh, uh, look, we got a little donation. Let's see. Uh hamstrack donated a super chat, twenty bucks, saying you don't have to read this, just chipping in some burger money. Oh, Thanks, well, look guys. At that. I'm gonna read it. Go. Anyway. this man
2: is throwing in burger money. He's a dungeon. Thank addict. you guys. If you a want to go on
0: uh, make sure that um, to put it on the Streamlabs if you do want yourself read right out loud. So here, I'm going to yeah. give... Oh, here we no, go. I
2: could go for a cheeseburger after that.
0: Yeah, really? I, Think had, so. really I had, it. had My, it. my man her it was was on, Here it was we go. She
2: was on the clock.
0: Okay. Girl. So yeah. uh, Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal ends up inheriting $40,000 from his dead aunt. $50,000. Uh, uh, stop. Okay. so That's a trivia you
2: question. You're going to need to know that. The other
0: guy had. Uh, he got 40000 So he goes to Key West, he tries to get Gregory Hines to uh, invest in a bar down south with him. But basically when they go to give their one week notice back in Chicago, the guy that they thought they'd put away is still out on bail and he's smuggling Uzis and cocaine into the country. So they kind of have to go through this madcap adventure. They get in trouble uh, and so they get put on their tail with two younger versions, kind of like younger versions of themselves. One's played by Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite and the other apparently tried to sleep with Kaiser's girlfriend. Uh, They end up in this big thing, Uh, Billy Crystal and his estranged ex-wife uh his his ex-wife gets kidnapped uh he goes to find her it's this big shootout in this sort of like mall area on elevators they fall back in love uh at the end they're sort of like they kind of freeze frame like talking about like going to key west (laughs) again even though that never got brought up again they freeze frame and they're like yeah
2: i think you guys both nailed it i mean if you sew those two reviews together they're pretty spot on
0: Right. Uh, fifty thousand dollars was how much money <clears throat> Joey Pants had forty thousand was how much he inherited
2: oh I see good good catch good catch yeah fifty
0: thousand that's why she's
2: a competitor fifty thousand uh, that, that was Joey Pants's character was that snake. was Joey
0: Pants's money so for, what do we need to
2: know that for an eight point question what was Joey Pants's character's name in snake in Scared Snake
0: yeah right. Uh, Wait, wait, Kaiser, what did we miss, though? What do you think are some big, uh, any plot points or anything that we missed in this? Well,
2: look, you forgot one of the biggest, (laughs) this is what you, if you don't have this plot point in this movie, it can't happen. Like, there's, it's like a a gumbo. You got to have the exact recipe for it to be perfect. And you forgot to Um... mention that his wife wants to get a divorce. But at the end, he's got to save her in a shootout. Like, that's got to happen in this movie.
1: He wants to save her in a divorce, but he's her new husband. (laughs) Hold the phone. They, were already divorced. Divorced. Yeah.
2: they were already divorced. divorced. Almost they were divorced. already
1: divorced and they their chemistry. Yo, was I just reading into it way too much? But I was like, there's some they looked like they were banging here they and I, like I they
2: were banging. I'm not like you. I don't <laughs> know, so
1: kind when of they character. were
2: hanging out in that bar, that felt like a real bar. Like it didn't feel like a movie set. Everything that was going on in that movie
0: felt like it like they just is even like program.
2: those like street basketball games are and people getting punched in the face. <laughs> and he, he goes he goes he, when the guy punched Billy Crystal in the face, he goes is that a file? He goes no no no, it's not a file, unless you file an autopsy. Like yeah. again, the yeah. one liners are just fucking flying off the page. <clears throat> um no, there's just okay. there was a, look it 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 got silly. Of course, you know, here's another thing that has to happen in this movie someone has to fall 13 floors to their death into a bunch of packages, a bunch of Christmas presents in the lobby because all these movies take place during Christmas time. So, like, again, another key key ingredient to this film, you're forgetting, bad guys falling to their death 13 stories below. Bad guys get home
0: alone, but for real.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, you've got an office building shootout. You know, that has to happen. I mean, all these... The, like um, you said it already, Drew, the rival buddy cops who they're gonna butt heads with the entire movie, mm-hmm. but then they're gonna help them in the shootout at the end and everyone's gonna high five and smoke a c- cigar. Freeze frame, let's make a deal. Let's sell this movie for a trillion dollars in 1986. Now let me it ask it you to
1: do some chat that. It did, oh, right. yeah, it did come out in
2: 86, right. Yeah,
1: but it did in 86. This movie, I do think there was something in the chat, Peggy Gubbin said, it always comes down to a love story. Sorry, yep. it always comes down to a love story. Fight me, and I definitely agree. It's a love story between Ray Hughes and Danny Costanzo. This is a, bl- a serious me love. Real you in
2: Die Hard, you give way give more a of a program. fuck. You give way more of a fuck about John McClane and Holly getting back together than you do that German piece of shit Alan Rickman getting thrown off the building. I'm
0: oh no, I strong disagree. I care no. so much more about Are what happened to Gruber's life. That I care about. Mm,
2: he's going to get smoked either way. I really care if he gets his wife back. That's what the movie's, oh, all, no, about. The movie's all about. The movie's all about him getting I... his wife back. That's what the movie's about. Do you think Period. this movie
1: is like that too? Or but it's no, I think the a... movie's
2: a little different because he came into the movie in Die Hard. He came into the movie with the intention of getting his wife back. And I... then it just got submarine by a bunch of terrorists and then it's an
0: action label no terrorists they were just right. bank robbers pretending to be terrorists fair enough
2: you're right I'm sorry that was I was I, I shouldn't have labeled them terrorists. They the were other bank were robbers.
1: terrorists.
2: Right. The the Asian Dawn or whatever the hell the the, yeah. the, the sixteen names he lifts, lists off to that he read in Time magazine.
0: I want to say that you know Alex I think you know your point this is like a this is a bromance kind of movie there was one scene that like made me like be like ooh ooh and like I was like this is the kind of movie I was like where the even the female characters are written by dudes because uh Gregory no because Gregory Hines goes home with a woman Ah, uh, the next day,
2: it's just counting cash in a, in a Walter Payton t-shirt. Like, how big of a study? It looks like is what Gucci
0: guy? would wear. Honestly, this looks like this like is- a 100 no, a- no, Just like Gucci.
2: Gucci. That's kind of one 100% Gucci. That's kind of ridiculous. Either one of this them. This is one hundred percent a Gucci movie. This yeah. is a Gucci it's film. A Gucci
0: uh, movie. A- but tell me about the scene, like let's talk about the scene where literally, really uh, crystal without knocking just the next morning after his partner brings home a woman, he just walks into his apartment while the woman is naked under the bed, sits down on the bed, starts eating Dunkin' Donuts and yeah. asks him, like right in front of her, was she good to Gregory Hines? And she goes, well, was yeah, I? Yeah. And I was like, that's not That's not a normal response. Her response would not be like, well, was I, it would be get the fuck out of my fucking plate. Like get the fuck out of here. And right. uh, women keep acting like that in the film. Like it's charming that these cops keep yeah. busting and saying these horrible things to them. Yeah, well, uh, that,
2: Chicago and in, in, in apparently where, whatever part of Chicago they were shooting in is very sleazy. Uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, the French connection. Like everything's just yeah. sleazy. So uh, once you kind of very- give, give into that a little bit.
1: They're very confident in their sexuality.
2: Well, look, these, are, these movies There's- all have shades of, of classic film noir. They're mm-hmm. just kind of coked up a little bit per the, the, the decade it was shot in. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. These movies are like coked up film noirs is basically what they are.
0: Yeah. And they're like,
2: like well, and film noirs being specifically
0: this sort of like West Coast sort of like aimless getting hired by a woman. This is like, you know, the the cop thing is a little bit different. Detective cops even are a little bit different than like the private detective genre. But I do think there I do think there is a lot of this mystery of here. Um, This movie, not so much mystery, but sort of like, you know, you start out with this Joey Pantalone's character. Great character.
2: This fucking aunt's funeral. Now, when a cop takes the fucking fugitive to the funeral, that's just a great scene. Like, from a writing standpoint, if, yes, I'm, you're right. if I'm a screenwriter, I'm like, this shit is gold.
0: Yes, and I think when I talk about the tonal shifts that, like, kind of were disconcerting in this movie, I'm talking about the stuff that, like, Joy Panalone seems like that kind of uh, trope of, like, the bad guy or the secondary bad guy who they bring along to, to so many of their own events sure. that they start commiserating and he starts becoming one of them you know it's one of those things you know almost like uh fun stockholms you can call it yeah
2: well that's it's the same thing they did in lethal weapon with uh what's his name peshi
0: yeah exactly uh but in this movie it's sort of like no joe Pantalones is still like so hard to kill them like is so looking forward (laughs) to like killing them and it's like wait i thought you guys bonded like what happened (laughs)
2: It's it's great how he just doesn't drift into like tertiary tough guy bad guy no, character. No, he's so good. What a it's great so character. He is. It's so relevant like- throughout the whole first act, you know.
0: He's a great character. I think Jimmy Smiths, who's like you know, could have just been this sort of stock character of like this you know whatever bad guy, but he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of stuff going on here. Like I really like what they do yeah. with Jimmy Smiths character. He's not just like a perfunctory bad guy. He's not even like a Hans Gruber style bad guy, but he is sort of like he's got this sort of like uh you know you, when you meet him with the nun and the priest, it just seems like you know he's. he's
2: like, <laughs>
0: He's got like the sweetness to him almost, and he—I
2: right.
0: gotta say—another trope I really like is when the bad guy gives like a legitimate chance out, and you can tell the bad guy just wants to do something other than deal with those people. Like there, <laughs> there's there's a right. trope where it's like the bad guy just being like, "Please just get the fuck out of my face." And there was a lot of that in this movie. Jimmy Smith's being like, "Here, I bought the deed here. Look, I went all the other way. I found out what bar you're gonna buy. I will buy out your mortgage if you just leave me the fuck alone. And that's
2: a good offer."
1: It's a I mean, great Hines is like, like, You
2: know what? I'm not rich. I didn't have a rich aunt. Yeah, you know, exactly. you need to think about it for a minute. Yeah, that definitely fact.
1: offers a little perspective. Uh, well, something I'm kind of curious about is that Kaiser, okay, yeah. these characters, they're yeah. charismatic, they're funny. Do you think that it could have been almost like completely swatched? Do you think this could have been? They, the characters could have easily been written as actual criminals rather than cops and the movie G be just as successful overall. Do I think- but Like that, if, it was, if it was like watch, like Jimmy Smith's, like he he's the drug dealer in this movie and you know, and yeah, and he's like, he's the oh, drug dealer. Oh, I bet he could
2: have and, played the fuck out of that Heinz character. I bet Jimmy Smith like, versatile wait, enough.
0: I'm a little confused, Alex. Are you asking as if the characters were the same care? Like they say as well acted like the same mm-hmm. characters, but yeah. they were just the bad guys yeah, instead like, of the good guys.
1: Exactly. Right. Like what? A, yeah. So what? OK. In this case, what if the drug dealer Julio and Snake? What if they were actually the cops? Um, and if it because honestly, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they're cops. They're very charismatic. They yeah. break rules all the time. They're not good cops. They don't follow their own rules. I think what you're um, talking that's about, about it, gritty is pretty. I think what yeah. she's talking yeah. about is protocol Call, New Orleans. She's talking about like
0: Bad Lieutenant. I think what she's saying is this yeah. is kind of like a Bad Lieutenant style movie. They don't go quite that far, but there's definitely some times oh, in this no. movie where a they just shoot people. Yeah. Like they just shoot people, and they're like, "Yeah, we shot people," and you're yeah. like, "Wait." Mm-hmm. Like they've been shooting
2: people in movies since the fucking twenties. So what are you talking I about? I mean,
0: you like these cops, yeah. you understand that? Like there's some scenes in this movie where no one's opened fire on them, and they just start opening fire on. Hey man, you ever seen a Henry Melville? A you, ever,
2: you ever seen a Henry Melville film, bro? They be shooting everybody in those French but gangster movies. Those are
0: not comedies. <laughs> Sometimes
2: they be. are, <laughs> but you're right. For the most part, they're pretty goddamn tight-lipped, straight-lipped
0: you know like but and these are these are supposed to be likable characters
2: thing, well, I, I think these you you have two of the most likable human beings in working in in cinema at this period of time like go back shot B- to that picture billy Sorry. crystal and his delivery is fucking just flawless like you've got a yeah. comedian driving this whip smart dialogue and i'm sure he's improv- improvising as he goes along and hines is just the perfect fucking guy for i think uh billy to improv with like he's just so cool at being the straight man you know heinz is more or less the straight man here and it just it works yeah. it really mm-hmm. works he's just heinz is smooth and like he's funny when he's not trying to be funny and billy's funny when he's supposed to be funny that's kind of the dynamic of these things i mean yeah you have the right to re- you have the remote you have the right to remain dead is what he said yeah. to him when he- with the gun in his mouth. Well, let's fucking he right to totally
1: be alive if it wasn't for Ray and Danny. Just, I mean, a lot.
0: The, the Ray and Danny mess up a lot of these things. They mess up the undercover operation. They mess up like you, I get the sense that like in if this was Breaking Bad territory, they wouldn't necessarily be the good cops. They aren't like they, they kind of have the. You know, we did find that they do kind of have the dynamic of a uh, Hank uh hank from breaking bad and uh his partner what was that part Gomez gomez gomi Mm, like that's like their kind of dynamic because they're almost like always talking about stuff that's sort of like they're just like they're doing their job but then they're also like hey you want to go get a bagel you want to get a bite they're like no that's a silly you know they're having side conversations that are don't really have to do that much like they're just hanging around having a lot yeah And how
2: about when he wants to buy the bar he's like he's trying to convince gregory hines and key west to buy the bar and Heinz is like, I like being a cop. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's gonna be just like being a cop. We'll break so up some fights, some... we'll argue with some drunks and hopefully every month or so we'll get robbed. Like, Yeah, he's like, you
0: promise we're gonna get robbed?
2: That shit to me is just undeniable. And like, could, you, know, you have to have someone like an Eddie Murphy or Billy Crystal or that caliber of comedian actor delivering that stuff for it to really fly off the page and hit home. And I think that's why movies like Beverly Hills Cop and movies like this absolutely work and they're going to always be considered treasures of this dude film sort of genre forever. Like, you know, I mean, I think you could look at 80s buddy cop movies the same way you could look at French gangster films, at least that they're in their own sort of category you know what i mean and so right right
0: the gangsters and uh cops in this right. in, in that in that era were sort of interchangeable they were just supposed to be cool they weren't supposed to be statements about actual cops that's or actual right gangsters.
2: that's right a lot of that film noir all those film noirs a lot of the lines were blurred killing obviously yeah. everybody's a bad guy uh what's the hemingway story that lee uh, marvin no. and clue Gulager? i was um, just talking no, to fucking no. no. oyama about this movie but, uh the killers the killers, killers everybody's a bad guy you know right, what I mean? right.
1: But I think there's yeah. a difference between
0: being a private detective, which is what you are in film noirs, and being somebody who's on the force because the force represents For like. Sure. And again, sure. this is this is just. And I know Alex. I was like, let's not talk about this until we put it in context near the end. But like now, I I can't seem to help it. And there is there's hard things to do when you take the glaze of gaze of today and try to apply it to cop movies from back then because mm-hmm. you're just almost like no, don't like no. That's why is no, it's
2: not popcorn film at the end of the day. Let's yeah. be real. Like if you you Absolutely. know. It's as fun as video games, man. That's kind of yeah. what I would equate quite the experience to.
0: At one point, Necronic came out. Uh, what left the room came back in, and he was like, uh, like, and he t- was trying to do one of these things. I think where he was sort of like, "This movie's ridiculous." Where so he goes, "Oh, they all have Uzis now," and I go, "No, no, the Uzis were established. They established. They were, established. They were all bringing yeah. the Uzis.
2: They're not just flopping them around. Like, yeah. like I, that man is smuggling Uzis. That's part of his trade."
0: Uzi's it in terrible cocaine, which I thought was a great, co- was a great bit. Like that, this cocaine is shit, and he's like, "You mean the shit?" And he's like, "No, just shit. This yeah. cocaine is shit. There's barely enough cocaine." Like, he dogs can yeah. barely.
2: <laughs> That's a Rosie, That was great. Yeah. Whoever was the costume designer just nailed it. I mean, they 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 really crushed their the gear that everyone it, was wearing.
1: Except, I, I I find it funny that. Billy Crystal never fails. Outside of Princess uh, Princess Bride, of course, mm-hmm. um, he always wears a New York Mets cap, ball cap, and you actually right. see he actually puts one in here. But he, he doesn't get really he he it He doesn't put it, it in, in New York. Like he, yeah, yeah, right. he turns it around. Yeah, he turns it around. You don't see the logo. It's a it's like a backwards blue cap. But if you see it turning on a they're sort of like I see what you did there.
2: <laughs> well, he's a New York boy through and through that's for sure I do, I do but, want to talk
1: about
0: some of the best lines in this movie if we want to go there because there, I forgot that there were some really good ones in here where, <laughs> like, where they're calling right. back up when they, it's just them and the other two guys and they're breaking yeah. into the house and he goes I'm calling he's like I'm go, um, I'm calling back up and he's like back up and he's like everyone else does it and then like they call back up and it's their <laughs> first time and all the cops show up and they're without their pants mm-hmm. and everything
2: Right. And then absolutely he, just, he,
1: just want to point it out where's yeah, so like cool. the cat
0: the idea that these two guys are like two two like hothead like you know young guns who never bring it like who never call for backup and they never do anything you really get the sense that they are unc- the Uncle Rico and you know the other brothers. <laughs> <top laughs> <teams. They're two laughs>
2: right 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 and I think at one point he's like you call him backup he's like yeah I'll call in a SWAT team when they were trying to break into the ship or whatever like <laughs> yeah I'll call a SWAT team like this. It, yeah, I there like was,
0: my also favorite part was when Gregory Hines pretended to be Italian for like a hot minute. Oh, that, that was
2: so funny! Yeah, wanna, wanna,
1: uh, like garlic, You want to make you a marinara? What do you want? Because <laughs>
2: you want me to lose a war was one of his comebacks.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> what, you, you what you, do you
2: want me to do? Lose a war? <laughs> lose a war? And then yeah, Snake yeah. has got a bunch of good ones. When when they're trying to find like a crime to pin on him, he's like, I mean, this is the most might be the most absurd line in the entire movie. When they're trying to like nail him for a crime in the apartment building, he's like, I'm cleaner than Bambi's ass. I'm like, I guess Bambi's ass is probably pretty clean <laughs> compared to like a lot of other screen characters' asses. Uh, I was like, cleaner than Bambi's ass. Like, All
0: right. yeah, B- Bambi specifically, because Bambi's ass
1: would not be that clean. He's a fucking yeah. in the woods. He can't <laughs> I know. I would say um, he's actually an animated, fictional animated character. So okay. yeah. well, that's a fun argument. How about uh, when
2: they're at the funeral with like the sign of the cross and he's got Joey pants handcuffed and they're doing it together. Oh that, that fucking shit killed me.
0: I mean, and the idea of uh, a Colombian necktie being brought into a Ooh. comedy, like that was Ooh. I was like, Oh man, again.
2: But the eighties were, were gritty. You're just coming <laughs> out of Vietnam, you know, movies like Rambo Rambo's getting made, like it's still the eighties had a filth, a grit left over from the seventies, you know what I mean? And as all their like, you know, everyone was getting flooded with new like electronics and shit, you know, it still had the stink of the seventies.
0: Now there is, I think three distinct markers that this movie takes place in the Breaking Bad universe, which is a game I like to do sometimes, uh, which is that the guy who fixes their car, like the, the guy who gives them like the taxi, <laughs> that's <always> a-, <laughs> a car of Breaking Bad. And, and, okay, so there's that one. There's like two more. Oh wait, I said the Hank and Gomi thing. They just remind me of Hank and Gomi. And then there was like a third thing. What was it? There was a third thing that tied this into the Breaking Bad universe. And I'll think about it in a second. But uh, it was just, yeah, I really, I really like that element that like the, there's like just this violence that we're not even seeing because we're all, we're on the trajectory of these other two cops who quite honestly, like could get, could give a shit about the, their job anymore. Like they're trying to actively leave their job. They just keep like out of a point of pride, not quitting. Right.
2: right. And then he makes it personal when he, Hijacks his girlfriend, then it's yeah. over with.
0: Wonder why he? I still wonder why he did that. Because again, it's not like this guy like wanted to do anything other than just get him off their case, like get him off the case. Well, he
2: just needed his cocaine back. That's that's all he needed, oh, and the funny. and the one person who could deliver that cocaine is Billy Crystal.
0: Yeah, so I love that part. Was- where they do the thing where they they go and check the the, the money out of the uh, thing. <laughs> they have the phone call. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of this, okay, yeah, a lot of this did remind me of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, like just in terms of like the the not the grift, but like the, the things that. they play with each other, you know, like the the sort of grifting that goes on that they're trying to do to circumvent like the law or like you know the the uh, right order of things. They don't want to, you know, to just uh, make the things go their way go faster.
2: I you know I never really thought about it that way till you said it, but Jesus, yeah, there are some Breaking Badisms in there.
0: Breaking Bad's Better Call because like that's something Saul would do. He would like or you know that would be something like Saul would do in Better Call Saul is, like pretend to be his own boss so they could like go check some money out of a police precinct. You know, <laughs> have something right, like that. Right, right, right. Um, the the thing. Okay, so
1: they get their the, car. The tank uh,
2: taxi is pretty dope. You got to admit, like
1: that was the coolest part. The tank oh, taxi. No, the coolest the part. Taxi part is tank. When he <laughs> backed right into the car. Yeah, <laughs> those guys are <laughs> now. It looks like a taxi.
2: That's a great line. That one looks like By the taxi. way, and how
0: long does oh, that man. work? They're able to get immediately. Like you don't even know. Like if you do this, like in New York, like of course, like you'd be able to like get anyone you want because they can just pick up anyone pretending to be a taxi. A taxi is the greatest. I've never thought about this before in this movie. The taxi is the greatest, like thing that blends into the background that you could use as a police stakeout car. It's brilliant.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: it's the whole thing in Sherlock uh, Holmes. It's a whole story.
2: In which one? The TV show.
1: Um, I know like, it was actually. I thought it was in the book, and then it was adapted for the TV show Sherlock. I um, remember uh, that he one. picks up. So he picks them up in taxis. People that blend in. You don't think about it. no one special. That people that blend in. Oh, that's taxis. in the first
0: episode of the TV show. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, is it was just in the TV show. I thought it was also in the book. But- the
0: books they didn't have taxis yet because they were in the right. 19th century.
2: Huh. But they I got to get have, down with that. I hear that's I was, a like, damn good I show. out of my head
0: that they had cars. Is that <laughs> the
2: BBC? I, that, that, that? It's yeah, like, yeah, the
0: Sherlock with, the yeah. Sherlock with them, Benedict yeah. and that's, what's back.
2: his name, Doctor Strange?
0: Yep, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. is in. So he's it's a, the one, it's called. Bad a,
2: motherfucker.
0: That guy's hot as hell, too. Um, he'd be but, good
2: in a buddy cop movie, because he's funny as fuck, too, when he does the comedy. He can whoop some ass.
0: He'd be good he as the bad
1: guy. with a lot of really
0: funny stuff. Actually, let, but let's talk about this for a second because I think this movie, I think we were on a good point a little bit earlier when we were saying, you know, who would have, who this movie seems like. There it aren't been. enough
2: paint taxis, West and I rock. I agree. <laughs> are, uh,
0: like, who do you think like, would have also been cast in this movie during this time period? I'm not sure if anyone else auditioned for these roles or something, but I was seeing like Kurt Russell, uh, you know, and, oh, you, you
2: know. Do, uh, you could probably do Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. and Kurt Russell.
1: Well, mm-hmm. Leslie, I don't like the idea of Eddie Murphy being in this movie. And um, let me tell you why because I think he's a great actor, but I feel like what's really great about George Hines' performance is that he's very chill. He's oh, so yeah. charismatic it's and it's very, very well, non the,
2: the Billy role, I would say, no, I Yeah, I,
1: I, as, yeah, if it was if it was Eddie Murphy, Kirk, like, he would the try to be the, Yeah, he would try to be the star. And I feel like that would be a little too much competition. Yeah, um,
2: there really like, is no competition with these two. It's a very symbiotic yeah, performance. Yeah, exactly. They feel like brothers. It, they feel yeah. like these guys have known yeah, each other for years.
1: Exactly. That's think, why I don't think Eddie Murphy would, like, work as, be as and George George's Well, also, yeah. like, Eddie
0: Murphy doing the Beverly Hills Cop thing, I think the association would have been mm-hmm. very strong. I also think, like, uh, you know, we did Blazing Saddles last week, and that was a great, you know, and we were talking about Silver Streak and, like, you know, Gene mm-hmm. Wilder. I think we could have just done the Blazing Saddles duo again. Um, oh,
1: just girl, well, why I was be tough to
2: watch Gene Wilder be a cop—I think that'd be tough. What if well, you George got Hines, like uh, he was
1: in Mel Brooks's movie History what if of the you world got, like, Roy
2: Scheider and Richard I was Pryor. Say,
0: dude, I was about to say Roy Scheider. How do you know? Scheider
2: and Richard Pryor in these two roles.
0: Yes. Richard Roy would Shire.
2: play. Richard would be the the Billy Crystal role. Scheider dude, would be the.
0: A hundred percent. 100% so honest. A, a I Irish. could
2: see Scheider and fucking and, uh, Richard just owning it together.
0: Yeah, I could totally. Both
2: pretty kind of like tough. Strong. What about Carlin. Richard Dreyfus could be interesting in this role? What George and George
0: Carlin. Yeah,
2: Carlin's an interesting call.
0: Yeah. I
2: don't think Carlin ever played a cop.
0: Man, probably Man, not. I mean, he's a time cop or whatever, in, in Bill and Ted
2: we should ask Kevin Smith to reboot this franchise. I bet he could have a good field day with it.
0: Yeah, but- He's got to set it in
2: 1986 though. <laughs> he can't be trying to do it now.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's. Oh gosh, exactly. Can... Or it could be
2: 1985, You could do a prequel. <laughs> do a prequel. I'm doing a prequel, are <laughs> running scared, people would eat go like, what? That's such a bold choice.
0: So actually mm-hmm. let's let's talk about that for a second, because uh, I know that's sort of what we want to get into. I know uh Alex had some thoughts as well, and I didn't mean to like uh be like Alex, let's do this at a later date or a later part of the show and then totally steal some of your points, I think. But let's uh oh, no. about, let's, let's put it in context. You know, how does this how does this movie sort of work right now, do you think, for you?
1: Um, um uh well, so I'll touch back on it. Um, well, thing is, I, I think this movie is a very funny movie. So I feel like it, there's a, so many pros to this movie. Um, a lot of the pros to this movie, they don't actually relate to actually – the crime aspect and I and think it's being a cop and everything and I definitely do understand like you said it's a popcorn movie um, and this is kind of like a fantasy war- version of cops yeah, <laughs> you know that's why I have to kind of really like when like I watch that. the movie it's like this alternate reality where and this is accepted or expected and actually scratch that because the thing is it sadly it is expected in the, in, in real, in the real world obviously mm. it's definitely this stuff like this happens evidence manipulation Ran or random body shoe gaps where they don't need to be. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: it's like a grand theft auto of movies. It's on par with that kind of entertainment.
1: Yeah. Well, thing is, that's why I don't think it, that's why I don't think it ages well. Um. Uh, as I, I messaged a friend of mine uh, specifically when watching it and he, and thing is, he's black and he's seen this movie a bunch of times and he's like, yeah, there's a lot of aspects I love it. Gregory Crimes is great thing is this is not a this is not a comedy comedy to to me that's what he said um because as a he said as a yeah so as a and he saw that and he was in his uh or like preteens or something when he saw this like preteens like whatever it may be and he said watching this movie it's uh there's like a handful of scenes where it's just really uncomfortable for him as a black young black man and um, and he said that a lot of these aspects really, really don't age well because they don't come off. They play like a uh, like a comedic, lighthearted moment. But from his point of view, it didn't feel comedic. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. So I, mean, I was you know, like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. And that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I,
0: I didn't see that much. Like, you know, uh, I, I saw a lot of like Latino kind of like the, the, the sort of like gang stuff. I saw like yeah. a lot more profiling <laughs> than I did of, of like the any african-american profiling in this film got the cop car mm-hmm. oh my god when they tag the police car it's amazing <laughs> but to your point i mean yeah there's a lot of scenes in this movie where you're just like then because it's billy crystal and gregory hines and they're doing it in a sort of like camaraderie like funny bonhomie way it kind of like mm-hmm. sticks out now that where they're just sort of like yeah we could just uh we could just say that you're a rat and just have you like dealt with by the neighbors. Or like he's threatening to deport like a like an old late old Hispanic lady by saying they're going to call you know immigration poor yeah. yeah. lady. Like, uh, there's just a lot of this movie where I'm just like, whoa, that's not great. Like that's not great. Uh, it feels weird, like watching character do that, and then it being like sort of like a joking thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I understand that the context is different because they didn't have the issues that we have currently going on.
2: Right look now. at any given time. I mean, comedy is going to be comedy, and com you know comedians are going to take their shots entertainers are going to take their shots everyone's going to make you know people are going to comment on things <clears throat> you know per their trade mm-hmm. you know what i mean journalists are expected to expected to look if at it, things it, one way i
0: don't, I don't think the do that
2: or, you don't look yep. at things yep. one way Th- I, things were made differently of course in yep. every generation and it's just the mm-hmm. way it is and so as mm-hmm. long as you look at everything in like this sort of vacuum mm-hmm. that is cinema mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and don't take things mm-hmm. too seriously then I think you you get through it okay.
0: I absolutely agree, and that's what I'm saying. Like I think it works because no. of what it is. Like uh, movies can't go back. Like we talked about last week with Blazing Towels, movies can't retroactively go back and change themselves. They're stuck in time. They're static things. They can't sure. go back and like be mature or be like no. okay, so like we meant, to, we didn't mean to say this. Like we understand now. Art, with, art shouldn't have so. to
2: apologize for anything. You know what no,
1: I mean? Absolutely, And, absolutely. and this didn't <laughs> apologize for. I don't really think. Well little they- bit. Well, I, I do, I, I just jumping on what you said, I mean, Kaiser, I mean, you're a comedian and obviously comedy changes and comedians change and the way you present stories, the mm-hmm. way you kind of look back at experiences, obviously, I mean, as oh, yeah. anyone, but obviously as a, as a comedian, it's, it's very different the way you present that story mm-hmm. for your shows and everything. Um, I, I do think that. what? When did Kaiser start doing comedy? I didn't know that.
2: Well look here's the thing I I I my, my hobby it's a hobby a comedy for me. shows. I mean I, I yeah I you know I've, I've i you know I used to work at the comedy store you're back me. in the day oh. and so, oh I'm muted No you're good okay. Oh, oh. No, no Alex is okay. right mm-hmm. I used to work go at the me. comedy store back in the day and I used to go up on stage during the friends and family monday nights and then I I did a couple shows here and there and then Ellis put me on a couple shows I mean Shit, my mm-hmm. last stand-up Amazing. show was in Vegas at the House of Blues with Ellis oh, right funny. before COVID hit. But I'm not like, it's not my career. I do it more as a hobby. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I honestly but, forgot about the, the yeah. Ellis thing. I would love to see you do stand-up, uh, Kaiser. I just, by the way, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. I just forgot that Kaiser did stand-up, and I got really excited. Go ahead. <laughs> Go right. ahead.
1: Well, the thing is, I like like you said, ki- uh, com- film evolves. Comedy especially evolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy is very different has a hard time aging as a compared to a lot of other genres has a hard time aging. Well, just because not only it changes, but new, new things can pop up, you know, like, and there was a it's it's still such a struggle knowing that one time like rape jokes were acceptable and you know well, and things oh, like that. Right, right.
2: Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and you know, and things like and times change. So you kinda of have to look through it through those lens. Um so, but also I think one of the reasons I didn't really why I, I don't think you know, I like
2: I've ever liked a comedian who told a rape joke. So but
1: yeah, it's uh, that's a whole other conversation, of course. Really um funny. but there's in particular <laughs> though, I, I think one of the reasons why it, it does hit as well as it does is because these two are clearly from very are, are clearly different i mean they have very great chemistry they feel like brothers yeah. in so many often yeah. ways as partners they have great chemistry but also one's a white man and one's a black man and mm-hmm. it, their dynamic That's is really done. great in this movie and their interaction as together their interaction as cops is very different as well yeah, I think like, I don't I mean, know how this would have like, paid well if it was like with two white guys.
0: <laughs> I think the mm-hmm. movie is like a, a really, you know, I think Blazing Saddles was a great movie to have watched last week to compare this to because I think this is like another yeah. one of those where it's like the jokes are raunchy. Maybe this some of this wouldn't work today. But have like, have you guys seen
2: Silver Streak? Not yet. <laughs> maybe we'll do that one next.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I, I do think that there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be, like, loved about this movie. I didn't want to make it be, like, I hated it. I didn't hate I it. I understand
2: where you're coming from.
0: I think that there's a lot to be, like, really enjoyed about this movie. I think it's, like, it, you know, what it it seems to be a little bit about uh my issue with this is sort of, like, the, the pacing of it. I'm, like, okay, so they're going to... Like I didn't know what the movie was about, so I was like, "Okay, so now they're going to the Florida Keys and they're going to go yeah. stay there." I'm just
2: like, we're going nope, go to the, we're gonna go to the Keys for a quick montage of everybody just living their best life. But then, hold on, we're wait, back. no,
0: but now they're back in Chicago, and it turns yeah. out the Florida Keys was like not. not I
2: can say there's some fragmented aspects to how the story's told for sure.
0: Well, just sort of like, what am I supposed to care about? Am I supposed to care about them wanting to be cops or not wanting, you know, like, you know, it's almost like, what, what's the, right. um, story? I was, I, when they were looking at the sunset, I, I really thought what was going to happen was they're going to turn out to be cops. Uh, they're going to stop being cops. They're going to go yeah. open the bar and the rest well, of the movie is
1: dealing with stuff I down there. When I saw that scene in more than anything, it made me realize, just kind of reaffirming what I kind of mentioned earlier is that. They love being cops, yes, but they love being partners more. Like that's yeah. that's their goal, uh, no mm-hmm. matter what. They're like, whether you know, it doesn't matter if we're going to yeah, we're, we're going to be running a bar or a restaurant together. As long as we're together, we're good. That yeah. or partners with nice. cops, and she got
2: Right.
0: Exactly. And it's really it really it's is a beautiful movie, movie about male friendship. Like the kind of male friendship that you don't see a lot, especially not in like male cop movies, you know, that this is sort of like mm-hmm. a very they love each other, they love each other's ex wives. They you know, they're very involved in each other's lives. This isn't like a like, you know, how I know you're gay, sort of Judd Apatow moment. This is like yeah. they, they're like really they, they really care for each other.
2: They I the chemistry and, was amazing. I, I could only imagine when they sat down and and did a table read for the first time, the director must've just been fucking almost brought to tears like, well, this worked out.
1: I wonder if they did a chemistry test together. Was that like a thing before? Cause I know- well, chemistry you know, tests are Think like, about
2: that. Neither oh, of these guys are exactly just box, box office stars at the time. Think about it. Like there's no Stallone here to carry this or well, I mean- six,
0: what, what did Crystal done? Has he, he, he said he did soap, but like he had done something specific besides soap. Hadn't he? Or is this this is the first thing since soap? I mean, have might
2: be the movie that broke him into into movies. You know,
0: that's nuts. Okay, might
2: very long, Like I've said, just because just think of this. Like it's not a, a popular, I don't, I don't think I saw Hines and Billy Crystal on the cover of many '80s posters before 1985. I'm trying to think of a fucking Billy Crystal movie right, before I'm trying, this. I'm
0: trying to think of it. I was I was thinking like, is and it Harry chat, t- But like the
2: chat. The start chiming in about, with three eighty-five Billy Crystal movies. I'd be curious to know what they are.
0: Well, when did Harry and Sally? When did Harry met?
2: When gotta be met. eighty-nine. I'm gonna guess.
1: Okay, so yeah, you're my, right. City Slickers. Um, City was that Slickers 90? is
2: probably ninety or ninety-one.
1: That's Ninety, no, yeah, that's
0: in the nineties. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you might, you might be right, Kaiser. This might be like the big breakout of of the Billy Crystal thing. Gregory Hines. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what Gregory Hines was mostly known for. Again, because I knew him as a, more of a dancer. Uh,
2: the Cotton Club was that kind of No, 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 he was just no,
1: a final tap.
2: Billy what? Crystal, it would have been yeah, just like cameo, a Cameo, no, though. it
1: was like a cameo. It's like more than mine. Yeah. Like that, that, he gave a lot of one. cameos in the movie. Big breakout, yeah. But Before just, that, like Rob Reiner
0: had Rob Reiner had put him in a bunch of movies. So like Rob mm-hmm. Reiner would put him in The you Big know, The Princess Bride and all this stuff. He was also an asset. Wasn't he a SNL guy?
2: Yeah, for a little while.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for a couple seasons.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's crazy to think, and these guys just hit a freaking home run as yeah. uh, as far as chemistry dynamic. It's a fun movie.
0: I want to. I kind of want to read. Uh, Alex, you like have your information handy. I know you said you you looked up a couple things about this movie. I, I do kind of want to hear about like the backstory. Maybe I can take a second and try to find it. I don't uh, know much
2: history on this movie at all. That's one thing I did not do. You know. Um, fun.
0: Yeah, I should have done this before the show, but you know I me. Mean, I mean, I had
2: enough time just to watch it, jot some notes down in between, you know, Why? making making reality television. <laughs> what
0: do you think the title Running Scared is even a reference to? That was my first question, too. I was like, are they are they running scared? Is that, what is running scared in this movie? In this they're context? making
1: other people run scared. Are they? I feel like no, they're, they're ever running scared. Okay. Like, okay, so I got, so so I got it. Actually I? Running away from them the entire time. Like, they do not want to be near that guy. Right. Okay, so
0: guys, I have the production here. So Hines later recalled in 2010, he wanted to make Earthbound. MGM came to him uh, with a script about two elderly cops in New York who want to retire to the director. He said he wanted to make about two younger cops who did not retire. And so they were like they they were they were fighting over that for a while. There were a lot of cop movies around the time. So I decided it would be interesting if I needed to do it with two actors you would normally not expect to see in an action movie. So I wanted to Bill, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, and I got them. Heinz uh, did an amazing story with Hames blah, blah blah. I just campaigned and campaigned until I got it to Heinz and I'm proud because this is the first film that stars a black and guy and a white guy and the black guy has all the sex scenes of course it's <laughs> probably played by a white guy um, usually the black guy has no sexuality at all um, let's see uh, well, he felt so I'm was, I was trying to see it uh, reviews were mixed People, people like Joe, Ebert said that it transcends its dreary roots and turns out to be a lot of fun uh, so people, yeah, people people seem to like this movie. I do like want to know, like, I'm trying to figure out what else Billy Crystal was in during this time period because it sounds like he, he was
1: more famous. He didn't do a lot of movies, he was only in, he, he was on the next the, year. yeah, yeah,
2: he so didn't is do that, many. Is movies that his bleep from, from the TV yeah. show Soap and then he goes right to this,
0: yeah, you're right, that's you, you,
2: fucking you to, unreal. If that no, he
0: does the movie, he does the rabbit test and he does SNL. Who?
2: That was his debut. debut, his,
0: his Rabbit movie Rabbit. debut. What the fuck is that? Uh, oh, I saw a while ago. It's this, um, it's a Melissa, it's a Joan, it's a Joan Rivers movie.
2: Huh. She,
1: it's a Joan yeah. Rivers
2: movie. I love Joan Rivers. She I didn't know she made any it. movies. So, so it's is the, the, the... Have
1: you seen, the, the, Joan yeah, have you seen the Joan Rivers documentary? Yeah, she's amazing. Have you guys
2: seen the Joan Rivers documentary?
0: She's, she's oh, so, She's so uh, like, interesting. Life though, you know what? She's, She's the a kind monster. of. If she was alive today. She would totally be a, a, a Trump person. Like, so I'm glad. Uh, the, the part of me is glad that like. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Oh like, my she
2: was gosh. she
0: was that kind of crazy in a little bit in those certain ways. But I also think she was hilarious, and I'm glad that like her legacy doesn't have to involve that.
2: She was so. a master.
0: She
1: was incredible. Yeah. She should have she gotten the late like show. for women in comedy. I mean, just like for women entertainers and Hell yeah,
2: her and her prior came up together in the same Venet- or Greenwich Village comedy it kinda, joint. It's
0: kind of fucked up that she didn't get the late show. Like it it was kind of fucked up that they had her Right, blackball. Well they
2: gave her that Fox show that she had for a minute.
0: Yeah. But um Kaiser, like uh I wanna, you know, because we're kind of wrapping things up here a little bit, but uh, you know. In the Pantheon of movies that you watched, I guess, as a kid, or when did, you said you saw this movie for the first time when you were how old?
2: 11,
0: What well, so did you go with your parents? Did you see <laughs> it
2: No, my buddy Pachotti, Mike Pachotti, we call him Pachotti for short, uh, Sicilian kid. His uh his uncle Jack owned a video store. Mm-hmm. So there would always be stacks of VHSs laying around his house. Mm-hmm. and we watched everything all the movies we shouldn't have been watching rambo apocalypse now like that's a mind-blowing movie for a 12 year old like once they got out of the first half of that movie i didn't know what the fuck was going on So i got to you know high school and i figured it out but like yeah we used to watch uh you know, dc cab i mean there was nothing we couldn't watch i feel as a kid i remember my dad trying to tell me i couldn't watch eddie murphy raw on hbo and i'm thinking i watch all these movies or sorry not eddie murphy raw eddie murphy delirious his first comedy special. and so i remember hiding my fisher price boom box behind the tv and i hit record <laughs> oh on a max bell <laughs> tape and then i came back the next morning i snagged it and i got like the first 40 minutes until the tape blew out but like we should like that for some reason that's where he drew the line i guess me watching eddie murphy's delirious but like i remember these movies were always were very readily available to us as kids i mean we we had friends who own other friends who own video stores so yeah i remember seeing everything you know the rocky movies were a big deal when i was a kid oh yeah Red dawn i remember seeing all that shit in the theater we had a movie it's, theater that we could ride a, our bikes to as kids which was like it was called city eight eight theaters
0: so we buy ticket. T- what's that did they card? Were you able to get into the like? No, what the- we would
2: do is we buy a ticket to Big and then sneak into Die Hard. Like we, that's how we right. saw a lot of rated R movies in the theater. Um, so you know th- these movies have always been a part. My dad loved all these kinds of movies, so that's probably where Butch Cassidy and the Sundance <laughs> Kid is one of my earliest memories of my dad watching a movie that he was bowled over by, and that would turn out to be one of the most influential movies in my lifetime, and especially oh, trying kid. to be a writer. What's I really that? need
0: to see it. I have not seen Butch Cassidy. Yeah, and yeah. and I know, I know, and I know it's William Goldman. I know it's the Princess Bride guy. I know that's supposed to be one of the best. And I'm going know to who watch. Who should
2: it. bring on for that? Bring yeah. on Ben Bateman to talk about that um, movie. He would be a great yeah, one.
0: As now he's part of the dungeon. Yeah, let's see if he'll come on. He he did He'd do a nice a video for, for the Warriors. He he came on and, and or he left a video for us that was really nice. But, oh, um, really,
2: he's a I, huge I huge fan of that film.
0: I, I grew up uh, also with friends that owned like a, a video store and like, I got, a, my parents just did not give a shit. Like my parents gave the opposite of a shit about what we, they, should, yeah. they wanted us to watch the weirdest films possible. Like just right. really upsetting, you know, like we watched uh, one of our house <laughs> favorites was uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse.
2: That my parents loved fucking movie. Yeah, the peep cool. under the stairs, yeah. that was a weird fucking movie.
0: West Craven, yeah, we Chosen watched a lot of. That.
2: I'm like, Dude, I shouldn't be watching this shit, you know.
1: We watched a lot oh, of like I saw on the bad. corner. And I was like, hey but you know, I love it. Creepy.
2: To yeah, answer Nerd Chronic, yes, I absolutely had like DC Cab, Red Heat, and you know, fucking Beverly Hills Cop on the same tape. <laughs>
1: well, that's so, what I'm kind of curious about, um, real because we're gonna be we're gonna be wrapping things up very soon. Uh, but Kaiser. Um, were I mean just like can you list like one or two like father-son movies that uh, you remember you your dad introducing you to that you kind of bonded over
2: definitely 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 there's one movie that stands out is the dirty dozen well, like yes. I've watched that movie probably six times with my dad every time no. it came on you know that was the one Kelly's Heroes would be another one it was always involved a ragtag tag group of fucking you know guys getting together to plan a heist i mean he loved, he had a great sense of comedy my dad had a lot of carlin records and prior records and i would you know listen to that shit when i was a kid and so he loved those kinds of he loved those kinds of people on screen and you know whenever he would lose at the racetrack there was only either two places to go it was like well, it was mcdonald's or the movies <laughs> so yeah, you know good. he usually had enough money in his pocket to take me but like with with i would have never seen um, dirty dozen in a the theater with him but we'd watch that on television all the time um god there's a few others on oh he loved fucking shawshank and then course yeah especially when i got to work with morgan for five years and become you know close with morgan freeman that shit always blew him out of the water because he he absolutely he's a huge huge clint eastwood fan i remember watching every dirty harry movie ever with my dad you know anything made by don siegel from 1977 to 1984 i've seen uh you know the first dirty harry so those those are the movies my dad watched he was you know he was a dude
0: so me and my dad, I would be mystery science theater movies. So like maybe the mystery science theater movie, but it, probably the one manos of of fate. It would probably be Bean John Malkovich, Blue Velvet, uh, and the father wall.
1: daughter movie.
0: What? That's a father daughter
1: movie.
2: Really we not.
0: It. We just love it. Uh, let's see what else like we liked watching together. Oh, uh, we like watching like really weird. Uh, like he li- he really liked early Ryan Johnson. He was like onto Brick before anyone else was. Oh, he wow, was. Yeah. I have a really cool dad, so. love brick but, in the theater. Yeah, so Brick was really good. Uh, Velvet Goldmine, we loved watching as a kid. As a kid, we he loved. That I had movie. to wait
2: to date that really cool chick who introduced me to Lynch and Twin Peaks and all that shit. And so. Yeah. Yeah, an then. Twin Peaks, then honest. I saw the Elephant Man. It's one of the three movies I can name offhand that makes me cry every time I see it.
0: We just watched it. My God, The okay, movie
2: breaks my heart every time, man.
0: Man, that movie is so unlynchian, but I love it so much. Like, it was so-, so- heavy, so heavy. Uh, so, uh, Kaiser, you know, now that you've heard our, our our sort of biases and you've now seen the kind of, you know, reaction we had to uh, this kind of movie, if we were to expand, if me and Alex needed to expand our, you know, worldview a little bit more, what other movies would you recommend in this vein that we need to see? I mean, I know Butch Cassidy just came up.
2: Have you guys seen Midnight Run?
1: Nope.
2: No. no. Yeah, oh, no. I I'd say absolutely 100% Midnight Run first. 48 Hours, if you haven't seen it, it's way grittier than this, so you may not like that aspect. If you had a trouble balancing the comedy and the violence and all that shit in this, then you're really going to have something to say about 48 Hours. But I feel like 48 Hours is the best buddy cop movie of all time. Okay. Period. Period. I mean, for me, best buddy movies are probably... Butch Sundance and the, uh, uh, Butch casting the Sundance Kid uh, for sure, mm-hmm. and Forty Eight Hours would be my two favorite buddy movies, whether they're buddy cops or buddy cowboys or buddy whatever the fuck, you know. But I, the- I think Midnight Run has got a little, little bit more heart, so I'd go for that one first.
0: I need to watch Butch Cassidy. I need to watch Tango and Cash. I need to watch. I guess mm-hmm. I just need to watch movies where guys are friends, and that's like the movie. Mm-hmm. uh like that needs to be the thing i do like have I need you ever to-
2: seen the fucking last detail with jack nicholson and
0: no, no, that era Randy Quaid. Quaid. no i love that wait what year was that
2: holy fuck drew you of all people would love this movie
0: like, i do love- i'm gonna
2: guess the last details maybe 77 god i wish i knew who direct- I, don't th- I don't think that was a walter hill movie but it was someone like that That's-
0: something I like that's did the I
2: era google the last detail drew i promise you you'll okay, fucking hold thank
0: you. on we got a super I chat in. the last detail the last detail got a super chat in from chris Racken saying solve my mumford and shirt from when I was eleven oh, axe oh, yeah. I
2: oh
1: to get, right? yeah Axel Foley,
2: that movie still mm-hmm. makes me and laugh Rick and I,
1: Ashby, Ashby. that's right
2: hal Ashby who did yes, bean
1: Ashby, he yes. did in the heat of the night Harold and Maude. he did Harold yeah. and Maud Ashby. Ashby was one of the there,
2: best. there is another one that my heart. Shampoo, he
1: did shampoo.
2: <laughs> Drew, uh, I want to get your review on Last Detail. I, I would love to hear your fucking take we're on gonna the Last
0: Detail on the list, then, because I, you know, I because it's not that I don't like movies that are that don't like the, the that balance violence and comedy. I love those movies. I think my biggest issue is like. When those movies are from the cops' perspective and the cops are supposed to be the good guys, and it's right. like
2: no, Drew, the thing about Last Detail, it's more like theater. It's not like this, but it's 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 a violent world without the violence. Like it's just a if you know what I'm violence, the wrong track It's an aggressive world. There isn't okay. a lot of violence. It, it just it's an interesting take of it's an interesting look at the seventies, late sixties. I do uh, like the cat- Yeah, it's an it's an interesting fucking film. Very interesting. That-
0: and when Nicholson, when he was a screenwriter, when he was palling around and doing, you know, like when he was doing, uh, you know, Amer- American, not American for you, the, you know, the one on the bicycles, uh, <laughs> motorcycles, when he, with him and Fonda and, uh, and uh, easy, ride. easy rider, that's like in the that's trip, like- he was directing the trip. And Fine. I mean, it's just uh, when he was doing that uh, Monty Hellman movie, like, those were the ultimate Jack Nicholson years for me. Oh.
2: You're going to love the last detail, I'll tell you. Okay. It's, uh, it's an interesting flick. So, well, Giant. this was fun. This is fun. I definitely would love to come back sometime yeah. and do another movie with you guys.
1: Maybe
2: well, you'll do Twin Peaks next time.
0: Oh her watch her Walk with me. I made her watch Blue Velvet I mean, 1. Great. <laughs> great.
2: Fuck, man! Everyone will be lost, but we can do it. We can talk about it. So,
0: I do want to say before we go, though, uh, we do have our movie for next week, and we do have kind of an exciting announcement for the next week of films. Uh, or the month of films we are doing um uh, uh, we're doing all uh, black films, black
1: movies, uh black, next cinema. Cinema? black all cinema next
2: week all next week. do you do this show uh, once uh, a week
1: for all the, for the entire month of February.
2: And you do this show once a week? Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. So you're doing black cinema. okay, what films are you doing?
1: So next week we have our first ever
0: double feature. We are oh, doing wow. Light is my name. Along with one of the original Dolomite films, uh, we—I don't know exactly which one yet. If we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. take a look. See which which, which film is the best one to go with. But I yeah, we-
2: is my name was a little overrated. It felt like a Saturday Night Live sketch to me. But I do I love, thought- I do love the old Rudy Ray Dolomite films. I mean, I'm a huge, huge fan of that period of cinema.
0: Wait, you didn't like the writing in Dull Night if my name is the same people who do it yeah. in Ed Wood. It's, you'll like it, Alex, because it's the Ed the Wood
2: Ed Wood is one of my top six movies of all time.
0: We just did that one. Alex had never seen it. It's one of my top movies of all time, too, yeah. but it's the same writers, Larry Kaczynski. And
2: I, I, I love think. that fucking movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, are, you guys putting, um, are you guys putting Superfly on the list?
0: Yep. See, I told you. You're right. Yeah. Alex is right. So, yes, we are putting
1: Superfly <laughs> on the
2: list. you have some problems <laughs> with that one if you had some problems true. with this one.
1: But I wasn't sure if it's considered like too niche, like uh, because- No, no,
2: Ron O'Neill gives a really great performance as as, uh, um, um, the pimp. Um, I'm such an idiot why I can't remember his name. It's Priest, Priest. His name is Priest. The
0: I, I definitely want to do that. We have a, we have, we are deciding between the rest and we'll probably put some polls up uh, asking you guys what you think we should watch and, and sort of seeing if we can have some guests on and, and discuss this stuff because it's of course uh, like it's both of our sort of blind spots, not not to I mean, our Boys Either in
2: our... the hood might be one of the greatest movies of all time. You should if yeah, they, that, you're yeah. celebrating uh, African American actors. Yeah. That could be one of the that might be the is that movie nineteen ninety, did it come out?
1: 19... I thought it was 91.
2: One. 91? Okay. So you're talking Boys in the Hood, Pulp Fiction, Boogie Nights, probably the top three movies to come out of the 90s.
0: No, no, no. There was so... I just did a thing on this, Kaiser. There were so many good movies. I would
2: have put in number four.
0: Friday was in the 90s. Not as right. good as the four movies
2: out like, right, of Yeah, That's a good one. You got a top... Wait, wait. In 1994
0: is, alone, there were so many good movies. Goodfellas
2: good movie. 89 or 90?
0: Yeah, 90, I think.
2: So well, it
0: well, on- no, won the Oscar in 90. So, so, so it might have been 89.
2: No, I think it came out. I think it won. It didn't win Best Picture.
0: No, you're right. It didn't win Best Picture. So oh. It was
2: nominated, and I think it was 90. So then I got Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction, Boogie Nights. Didn't
0: it win Best Picture? I thought it no. did win Best, no uh, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, so yeah, right. So it got Best Supporting. It came out in 1990.
2: 90. 90. Yep. Yeah. So it's. You got Boys in the Hood, Goodfellas, Pulp, Boogie Nights, Pulp. top four all that's time that's of the nineties. A,
1: a lot of crime movies, right there. Top
2: four of the nineties. What are you going to put in there? The piano? I mean, I all right, I'll hear y'all. y'all, amazing amazing y'all.
1: Let's yeah. Throw the
2: piano in there. Whatever. I love the
1: piano so much.
0: I can't put I'm in a What reader. about Batman. So much? Batman? What about what? like? What about Batman? What about Batman.
2: like what Batman?
0: Batman. I mean, turns. like
2: the Tim Burton Batman.
0: Yeah, this
1: is Batman, Batman. That ain't maybe. as
2: good as the four movies I just named. Fair
1: enough. I mean, maybe one of the popular movies, though, of that time not of the year.
2: In, what
1: about Terminator?
2: Isn't that 89 that came out in 90? Sorry, oh, T-2. Terminator. T-2? The sequel came out in 91, 92, I think. Okay, i put that number five right below Ed Wood. What about G- I'm not a huge fan, <laughs> but I understand the love for it.
0: What about the fact that Ed Wood came out in the 90s?
2: I put that number
0: four. Oh, you put that number four? What about all the Nick Cage ones? What about the three Nick Cage beige Volvo trilogies, I Face don't, Off, On Air, and The Rock?
2: I don't no. give much of a shit about those movies. I'm not saying they're bad. I just don't.
1: It's, yeah, there. it's a very. I saw Face Off.
2: Uh, yeah, I got no interest in seeing recently. that ever again. I hated it. I got no interest in seeing probably any Nick Cage movie except for Raising Arizona.
0: Wait, wait, what? Wait, what?
2: Nick I Cage, mean,
0: is the God.
2: Maybe uh, the the Lynch one, of
0: course. Replace
2: Sailor, replace Sailor.
0: What about what, mm-hmm. um, what about Vampire's Kiss? I mean, Nick Cage is one of my favorites, I this do is like very being. Upsetting.
2: I do like being, or no, not being John Malkovich. Adaptation. Adaptation. That's a good one.
0: What about the one he's in with Brendan Meyer? Uh, it's Color Out of Space. So good. Like his, his, Brendan Meyer, the kid, like the guy oh. from.
2: I haven't seen that yet. That looks yeah, interesting.
0: Nicholas Cage's son and in this. I didn't soundtrack. see that
2: one that horror movie that everyone wanted me to go yeah. see. Maybe.
0: What is it? Yeah, I gotta
2: see that. Nick Cage. I, I didn't I didn't say all his movies, just a lot of them.
1: I, <laughs> do you not like National Treasure?
2: I mean, it's okay. It was Never I don't wrong. need to ever see it again.
1: He doesn't like no, we gotta cut this short. And Kaiser. Okay, right, right. right. We, I've we've i have it. Seen it. it. I can't, I can't do this.
2: Go watch the uh, last detail and then tell me something.
1: <laughs> Kaiser, Kaiser, we do want
0: to say though, because we have kept you now for an hour and a half, which is a little bit longer than we keep most people. Uh, do you have anything that you want to, you want to plug or anything you want to shout out? I know we have some big stuff coming up this weekend.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll plug the dungeon and <laughs> dungeon and the dungeon. That's all I'm plugging is the dungeon.
0: So, you know I we don't we, of course you can't talk that much I've watched your interview with Roxy uh uh earlier early last night and you know clearly you've got some you got some ideas in terms of draft but uh you've been looking at any of these rookies you got you got some uh got some ideas
2: you know um there's some people out there who I really like um, I probably listen I didn't really say too much on Roxy's show you
0: didn't, you didn't other know. than
2: other than you know I think Roxy and I have spoken a little bit behind closed doors about draft theory i don't do that with a lot of people but we just happened to fall in the conversation one day and so i try and play it tight to the vest drew you know that better than anybody i don't and i don't i don't like creating false illusions and i don't like putting anything out there it, 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 it's all done when the person's name is on the dotted line and it's all in stone until then it's all just speculation there's some I don't think we'll ever. I'll put it to you this way: I don't think we will ever see this talented a rookie class in the Schmodown for a long time. Maybe yeah. in five years, but there's way too many. There's way too many people in there who look at look at Frank's draft board. Whether you want to argue about it or not, or you got something to say, I think Frank did a good job of getting everybody on that board. Mm-hmm. In a relative, you know, you can argue with groupings, but it, you're only talking well, about not arguing at
0: all for that you, shouldn't
2: you shouldn't be you should probably be number one on the list to be honest was, with
0: you I made the top 10. I was very happy I
2: think mm-hmm. you should be number one on that list. So and I'm not just saying that you're you know, so uh, That said, I think Frank's got everybody out there and look at there's people beyond that list that are still like available Like I mean, it's crazy I think we're gonna since we have this opportunity. I think you have
0: the number one pick. So <laughs> let's I see.
2: Have number one pick. Chris Pratt. Sure running, I should make that their team name, running scared. But then they'll turn it around on me. and It'll be like Bateman and Merle are running scared. I mean, um but to to go back to what I was saying, um <clears throat> it just it's it's too deep this year. So
0: yeah.
2: and be oh, I'm sorry, I remember what I was gonna say, because majority of the season will likely be played online. You know, it, it, it feeds that sort of system of having more people available to play and then Christian being able to have more matches per week. It's gonna give more people an opportunity. You may not see that in the season after next or the season after next if it yeah. goes back into uh goes back into uh live only or whatever. I mean, to be determined. All we can do is worry about twenty twenty one. It's a whole new year. There's gonna be a lot of changes, you know, and it's hard to talk about. Them. Let's be real. I mean, I got fa- I got family in the dungeon and some of those people aren't going to be with me next year. They're they'll always be my friends. I'll always root for them. Paul, yeah, I was thinking,
0: what's going to happen with our text chain? I was going to send something on Friday morning being like, "Hey guys, nice, you know, like I mean, we
2: will we will always be able to get on text streams and talk movies." I mean, I love it. Hey, look, a fucking prime example of it is Paul Oyama. I love talking movies with that guy. When it comes time to get in the ring, I hope we beat the shit out of him. And so that's kinda of,
0: you know. rehearsal of the time that uh Paul was on your team of uh when they were when they were uh, the loose cannons and uh I was on the other side of that had to deal with Kaiser's wrath.
2: Oh, yeah. That was a fun match. That was the beginning of me courting you to come play for us. I it was so glad <laughs>
0: hilarious.
2: You gave me a hug after the match, so how bad give you hug?
0: but I was so mad at you <laughs> so
2: funny. That was my favorite part of the match was the hug. So yeah,
0: but that became my standard thing. It's been sad not being able to give people hugs, but maybe when I we get know. back, I know. So anything else? I know you got, you do the show with uh Gucci. You want to plug? Uh,
2: um, well, yeah, we we'll will probably do. we will probably do uh late night with Gucci and Kaiser this week. It'll probably be more of a post draft kind of hang. I'm sure Tom will bring on some of the guys. And girls he drafted maybe i'll bring on some of the guys and girls i draft and you'll see that late night show will be kind of a uh you know a fallout from the draft if you will like i don't know honestly i wish it was all over i really do i, w- I didn't wish in, I, didn't, I didn't i wish i didn't have to go through free to see a fucking draft and all that shit but that i'm, try, I'm trying to find the fun of it at all because i realize i know i'm not going to get everybody back who i want you know yeah and that's brutal truth
0: yeah, and look, it's 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 hard. It's hard to, to be dealing with the draft stuff. I mean, honestly, it's I don't know why this year I'm just like, oh, oh my god, it makes my tummy hurt to like think about it. But it will be all be over after Friday, one yeah. way or another. So
2: I mean, look, uh, I'm, a, I'm a lucky dude. I got you know getting a chance to manage the greatest of all time, a real fucking film theorist, and you know Dan Merle, and having conversations with him is great. He's a fucking unique man and, and crazy ass Ben Bateman who loves hair metal as much as I do, you know, he's, he's a buddy. And so I feel lucky to, to be able to roll with those guys this year. And obviously Parker's one of my fucking nearest and dearest. So having that boy back and it, that's going to be fun. So can, we're going to have a good, good, good run.
0: Can I make one to, uh, request as a fan and then I'll, I'll we'll get to our plugs, but uh, make Merle do like one of his characters. Cause he has some really good Man. characters. He Never was done. great,
2: yo. When he came so on and said he's gonna make he's everyone's season <laughs> a nightmare. So
0: <laughs> good. And I know, I remember him doing like I'm so ruin good.
2: everybody's season. I'm like, that a boy.
0: I really just want Dan to lean into like doing because he can do weird character work and I would just love to see that. Oh, you know, Dan is a foul mouth
2: dude. Yeah. Like i tell you you get Dan hyped up and he's like this motherfucker. I'm like, Holy shit, like I feel like I'm on a helicopter in Vietnam with yeah. this dude and we're going to get dropped on the front lines. Like I'll tell you. He's- right. He yeah, he makes you- me laugh, dude. He makes me laugh. He's a funny dude, and I'll tell you, if you're not watching his show, all my movies, I don't know what you're doing. Before I drafted him, I said it was my favorite show on television. Like all my movies is the equivalent of going to a bar and just ordering a beer and talking movies with, with your buddy. That's yeah. what. It, and somehow it, it feels like film theory, but very informally. Like it I mean, is, I, he's just great at what he does, man. If
0: you have never seen his character Scoops McGee from the Screen Junkies oh, show, I, which I is heard about,
2: mentioned up. that to me, and I don't know, I don't know that. Oh my
0: that. god, it's amazing! It's a send up of definitely somebody that's in the show Oh, I
2: gotta see this shit! Someone send me a link, man.
0: I will send you a link. But guys, uh, Alex, where where can we find you? <laughs>
1: Moving this along. Or here, here up on Twitter at real underscore Alex Mike. You can also find me hosting Schmo Bates every other week um, with the Cold Action Podcast. Um, yeah, Schmo Baits is my Schmodan themed debate show. And I'm actually in the process of getting Merle and Mark Knopic to come on and debate. So, oh boy. Woo, nice. Uh,
0: and at well, what is that for next week or is that for this week?
1: it's going to be for next week. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, you know, me, you love me or if not, you just really like to see Kaiser and, and Alex and that's okay too. Uh, this is my it channel. Worked. Please like, and subscribe to it. Please join up to the Patreon. We've had a, a bunch of new people joining up because we just rearranged the tiers to make it more accessible uh, for everyone where you can come on cinema bias, where you can come on uh, video chronic pop culture quizzes, which we do uh, twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. This Thursday, we are doing nightmare on Elm street. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some good stuff coming up and then we have some stuff coming up next week, including next Thursdays. We're doing the last action hero. We might have to start like auctioning off like tickets to that one because everyone Mm. wants it. Um, so yeah, we have a bunch of fun stuff coming up Tuesdays, cinema bias here at 8 PM. Uh, then I've been doing study sessions on Wednesdays, uh, Sundays I do live in the dark with video Drew. I don't have a guest right now for this week because we have to kind of figure out what's gonna what we're gonna talk about after the draft. But it's gonna be my in kayfabe sort of between two ferns meets Space Ghost kind of weird character show that's a late night talk show. So that's been really I'll, fun to do. And then uh, you were on it, Kaiser. I have
2: to come on again. I've been on it
0: been on it we that's when we got drunk and we auctioned off stuff we owned
2: oh man i love that show i, I mean to me you, you one show's the same show whatever you ask me to come on it all feels like the same show one. different topic
0: yeah and then uh let's see and then i've just been on twitch a lot more so just find me over there uh but otherwise what
2: like yeah about this show is that it gives us one thing to kind of talk about and focus on and we can kind of diverge from there but like and, and, you know, obviously you guys take the shit seriously and you're, you're really good at, at, at pointing this, sh- guiding this ship. So I do love coming on this show. We'd we'll be happy guys. to do it again next, whenever.
0: Awesome, <laughs> when you do
2: Italian, when you, when you celebrate Italian cinema, you call me. <laughs> That's
0: right. Well, Billy Crystal was supposed to be Italian in this movie. I we'll forgot.
2: Do a, we'll do a Michelangelo Antonioni film. Okay. We'll go into like. When we do Casavetti Modern Italian cinema. De Sica. Call me.
0: You want to do Bertolucci and uh, Rossellini? You want to do, do some the? More? We
2: should do the Bicycle Thief, which could be the most touching movie of all time.
0: <laughs> uh, have, okay. either, have
2: you seen the Bicycle Thief? Of
0: course. Yeah. I no love that
2: okay. Have you seen?
0: Uh, I don't know. hundred blows.
2: Yeah.
0: What? Last Emperor. Okay. Yeah. Alfredo. What? Which one?
2: Fettuccine Alfredo. It's a Fettuccine
0: Alfredo, which is a great- western. I
2: have a
1: question.
2: joke. All right. Original Sysperia?
1: Uh, oh, I've,
2: yes. uh, guys- I've never seen oh,
0: that. But guys, this has been Cinema Bias. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we will, we'll, we'll, we'll have them back on to do Sysperia. Uh, but guys, this has been Cinema Bias. Thanks for joining us. this has been John Kaiser. Thank you for coming, John. Uh, This has been Alex Mack and myself, Video Drew, saying goodbye, and we will see you very soon. Suspiria.